0: Welcome to The Art of Leadership, the weekly show that brings you deeper insights and podcast education through a leader's discovery of the soft skills of leadership, their value, and the power of their influence. I'm your host, Nina Allison, a leader with over 20 years of experience in the growth and development of leaders. These past few weeks, I've been learning from Bonnie St. John, Bonnie is a Paralympic medal winner and author of the book Micro Resilience Minor Shifts for Major Boosts in Focus, Drive, and Energy. Micro Resilience. Perhaps adding the word micro makes you pause for a moment. You may be more familiar with the term resilience. As a leader, we consider someone resilient when we see they have. The capacity to recover quickly from a difficult situation and maintain their ability to, to keep on. Resilient leaders are able to adjust or to pivot as needed when change is essential. And they can do this over and over again. Resilient leaders are admired as they adapt well in the face of significant stress, trauma, and adversity. So, what is micro resilience actually before we look at micro resilience we should at least give a nod to the idea of macro resilience so can so so we can more fully understand micro resilience i think about it this way if macro resilience looks at a leader's capacity to adjust and to adapt within changing frameworks of systems and processes Then micro resilience looks at the resilient actions of a specific individual in a moment of time. I think looking from a more global perspective to an individual perspective, you and me. The idea of micro resilience, particularly during a time of crisis and uncertainty, looks at what you can do today, little changes that will, over time, impact the bigger plans that you're putting in place as you lead the charge for the overall resilience of of your own leadership, your team, and your work. This concept of micro-resilience is a powerful tool to use, not only with your leadership at work, but also as you relate to your family and to your friends during unprecedented times of, of change and of stress. What I love about this idea of micro-resilience is that it it acknowledges in a a very practical way that there are times you have to recharge on the go. I think we've all known about that, that that we can't um, always stop at convenient times to to gain our energy, to rest, to have long periods of thought. Um, And what micro-resilience says out loud, practically, is there are times that you have to recharge while you're still working. I'm learning that world-class athletes make use of this principle on a regular basis. So for leaders, making use of micro resilience is about the times when you know, without a doubt, that you are in a chapter of your leadership where you need to work very hard. This is not about being a workaholic. In fact, when we talk about working long, hard hours during a crisis, this should look different than the person who is a workaholic. For example, I recall working in a disaster relief following major flooding. The work was hard and, and the hours were very long. During these times, I would not describe myself as a workaholic, but rather someone who was willing to work long hours during a very specific, catastrophic event to serve, to serve those in need. You know, things that I remember, um, things that you would see in this kind of a situation is long work days. Appreciation for food and drinking water, thankful for a tent to crawl into at night, and I could go on. Microresilience can serve you well during times of crisis when there, there doesn't seem to be a break or even an end in sight of the needs that need to be met. Making a choice to embrace micro resilience sets you up to be able to make a small pivot even as you continue to work very hard. Micro-resilience sets you up to deliver a level of consistency and sustainability as fatigue starts to set in, and as you keep finding yourself digging deeper and deeper for your reserves. With Bonnie St. John's work on micro-resilience, she has established five frameworks to support micro-resilience, and for the next five weeks, I will bring them to this podcast. The first framework that she proposes to set yourself up for micro resilience is refocus your brain. Refocus your brain. One opportunity for resetting your brain starts in just a couple of days. On April 16th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, I'm offering a complimentary mastermind group called Leading Through Crisis, Staying the Course. This is a one-hour phone call for four weeks, and it's just one example of a way to refocus your brain, to connect, and to join this call with other leaders. Head to my website at www.healthyleadershiponline. forward slash leading dash through dash crisis, and that will take you right to the landing page. Let's get back to thinking about this idea of refocusing our brain. Why is it so important to refocus your brain as a strategy to change your resilience moment by moment? Thinking about this, I I know that the, the most advanced part of our brain is the prefrontal cortex. Although the prefrontal cortex is involved in many functions, it is best known for its executive function things like planning, decision making, self-control, problem solving, acting with long-term goals in mind. Research tells us that even quite mild uncontrollable stress can cause a rapid and a dramatic loss of our prefrontal abilities. Think of the prefrontal cortex as a highway And then add cars on that highway as thoughts and ideas. Do you remember the last time you heard about a major car pileup? When a highway has too many cars on the road, it it doesn't matter how great the road is or even how great the cars are. This is becoming a crisis situation. Cars slow down, accidents happen, and sometimes there are even cars that never get to their destination. Now, imagine that another road is opened up so that the cars that are not moving can get off the highway. Things start moving again. I hope you have a mental picture of what I'm sharing because this is the picture of what I'm talking about when discussing the idea of refocusing your brain. During crisis and overload, you and I need to learn how to find that exit that allows us to take... Just a few minutes to offload the ideas that we don't need. And and I'm talking about really good ideas and not so good ideas. Finding a way to offload some of those ideas. We can literally free up a zone where there are less distractions. Less traffic, if you want to think of my example. You know, in her book, Bonnie uh, St. John shares two very practical ways to refocus our brain. uh, To protect our prefrontal cortex to set up that zone that allows us to minimize distractions and to optimize our thinking and the planning that needs to happen. One way is to keep from getting mentally overwhelmed. And the second way is to think through ways to manage your decision fatigue. So we're going to talk about both of these, mentally being mentally overwhelmed and managing uh, decision fatigue with some with some practical suggestions. Let's talk about this idea of getting mentally overwhelmed and, and what you can do about it. One of the ways to, to tell that you're getting mentally overwhelmed is you begin to realize that you are having the same thoughts over and over again. Your brain is trying hard to keep you recalling things that you don't want to forget. And it can be exhausting. So, what can you do? The first thing to do is to become aware of the ways that your mind is repeating thought cycles, that your brain goes back to the same thoughts over and over. And once you take that moment for awareness, then immediately ask yourself do I need to keep these thoughts or do I need to let them go? Am I mentally rambling? If they're thoughts you wanna keep, but get them out of your mind, record them on your phone, jot them on a paper, just allow yourself to let them go so you don't have to rethink through them or try to retain them. You know, It's funny, you may even remember them later without even having to go to your notes. But But just the act of letting your mind open up a free zone space, by getting these important thoughts out of your mind, reduces your mental exhaustion, reduces this sense of being mentally overwhelmed. When you realize there are thoughts you want to let go, the good news is you have a choice because you and I choose our thoughts. We can be conscious of thinking, of being aware. In fact, just like acknowledging your mind has started repeating thought cycles, awareness is the first step in determining that there are thoughts you want to let go of. You can literally choose in the busyness of the moment to pause and say, I'm not going to think that anymore. The first step to blocking an unwanted thought is embracing this idea that you don't have to think it. I'll tell you in my own life, I sometimes will say out loud, I am not going to think about that. Hopefully not too many people are hearing me when I really realize I, I've got to stop the multitude of thoughts that are coming in my mind. I remember working in a crisis situation one time where the temperatures were way over 100 degrees. as in a concrete block building with a tin roof and I was so hot. And after a while, it seemed that this was all I could think about. And then I noticed my conversation moved to focusing on how hot I was rather than the patients I was taking care of. I'm I'm a family nurse practitioner. And and all I could think about was how hot I was, how hot I was. And I paused for just a couple of seconds. And, And I didn't say it out loud this time because there were people right next to me. But I told myself, I am not going to keep thinking about that right now. I'm going to refocus my mind on the person I'm seeking to help. Now, I will share that this is not always as easy as it sounds, but it is something you can choose to do. Don't let the thoughts that are not helping you during crisis times derail you. Another helpful step is to focus on the fact that you can block unwanted thoughts. In other words, focus on what you can do. If you focus on the idea that this is going to be difficult or you're not sure if you can do this, then you are already undermining yourself. You are choosing to focus on how hard this is gonna be rather than on the idea that I'm not gonna think that thought. Also, another statement that I use if the thought comes back is I'm gonna ignore it. In other words, when I'm trying to change my thinking because I can tell I'm getting mentally overwhelmed, I have very specific statements that I say to myself so that I'm still the one controlling my thoughts. You know, my own life, I have found that if I can say this self-talk out loud, it is more effective. Um, I mean, I can remember even saying to myself, I'm not going to think about you. And then I choose to focus on another more important thought. Keep in mind, I'm not saying that you want to take hours each day to evaluate your thoughts and to determine if you want to keep them. In fact, this exercise I'm sharing with you could take no more than a minute, half a minute. Taking control over the thoughts that are decreasing your effectiveness during crisis is a little change that will over time make a huge difference in your overall resilience. It's a micro change. Just this one small choice during a crisis can have a compounding effect on refocusing your brain, on thinking about what really matters. And I think the third thing to be aware of is, do you notice when this happens? Do you find it's towards the end of the day? Do you need to be more on alert that you you need to manage your thinking a little bit more tightly during a time of crisis at a particular time of the day? These are the things that you can think about and you can control. To prevent yourself from being mentally overwhelmed. In addition to avoiding getting mentally overwhelmed, another way to refocus your brain is to look for ways to manage your decision fatigue. So, what, if, what is the decision fatigue? That sounds really good. You know, it sounds like, wow, I can, I'm sure I'm having that right now. But you can see truly that you are sensing decision fatigue, when you see that the quality of your individual decisions and the rationale behind them are becoming less and less effective. Particularly during a time of crisis, managing decisions that affect others can be stressful. You know, even (laughs) it gets to the point from the basic decisions of when you will eat and when you will sleep, how you will care for those in your realm of caregiving, how you will pivot at the right time, as changes come day after day, sometimes even moment after moment. moment. Wait a minute, didn't I just describe what you do every day when there is no crisis? Every day you think, when will I eat? When will I sleep? How will I care for those in my realm of caregiving? How will I pivot at the right time? Sometimes even moment by moment. You know, I did that on purpose to show that decision fatigue becomes evident in a crisis because you were asked to do all of that, to do all those things you do every day and then even more. You're asked to make a lot of decisions in additions to the ones that you normally make. And this cumulative effect on your mind forms this overload of decision-making so that your mind becomes tired. So how do you engage in micro resilience in respect of mental strength and focus? Here's just a few ideas uh, that I wanna share with you. First, keep prioritizing. Don't stop prioritizing. As in a crisis, priorities can change moment by moment. I guess what I'm saying is don't give up on trying to simplify. Sometimes there are decisions that you thought you needed to make because they seemed critical and then they drop off your radar and you can let them drop off because they've moved into a lower realm of priority. Being ready to pivot not only to realize you don't make the you don't need to make the decision or you can change a decision when you see that it's needed identify when you're asked to make a decision that you you know you, you don't need to make you know we can fall into a trap in crisis times when people realize we're thinking quickly and we can give answers that all of a sudden we're starting to be to be asked things that really we aren't the person to make that decision and we can stop and say, actually, that's that's not a decision I need to make. And you can either delegate it as, as to the person that can make that decision, or you can shift the question to the right person. So, so I think to avoid falling in the trap that all of, a, all of a sudden now you need to be the one making all the decisions will help to really avoid this idea of decision fatigue. A part of that is just to avoid random, rapid response decision making as much as possible. That's probably even more clear of what I'm trying to talk about here. Still be thoughtful of which decisions you need to be making. And when you don't know the answer, take just that moment to find another thought partner, another expert, so the decision you struggle with is not made in a silo, that you're still using the resources around you. Have, Have you sensed that you're not as strong mentally as you were just a month ago? Are you having a harder time making decision after decision after decision? This isn't uncommon in a crisis, particularly one where there's not a clear end in sight. So this concept that I've shared today of refocusing your brain will serve you well. And I look forward to next week when I share the second framework from Bonnie St. John, developing micro resilience through resetting your primitive alarms.